words fill a page, pages fill a chapter, chapters fill a book. Every decision, big and small, writes the story of your life. Unfortunately, some people leave portions of their story unwritten. Sometimes that's why you need to go ahead and take the risk. Awesome. Welcome to uh, part number four of our series called The Rest of the Story. We're talking all about how the decisions we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. So we're excited about what God is doing here, and this weekend was, was incredible. As you saw, Johnny and their whole team are in Guatemala right now uh, serving on a mission trip. It was just a huge day yesterday, and we were so excited about it. But hey, I want to show you a video of Serve Day, uh, but before we do that, I have some exciting announcement to tell. I have an, an exciting announcement to tell you. I've been holding this in for like the last couple months, so I am really excited to tell you. Back in January, we, uh, we had a vision Sunday, and we talked about where we were going as a church, and we were praying for more space, as you can tell. We, we, need, we need some more space. We're having three services, and thankful for what God's doing, but we were, we're praying for more space specifically for our kids, because we'll have some Sundays, or we'll have 25 or more kids in our elementary room alone, and uh, we, we just really pray, we're praying for a space that we can just really uh, creative space, uh, a place that's safe and secure and uh, just a place where kids are going to love to learn about Jesus. And we didn't know what that was going to be or what that was going to look like, but we started giving toward that in our Heart for the Kingdom initiative. And uh, a lot of you gave. And what the idea was is that we're going to start giving so that whenever God opens the door, we can just say yes and we can be ready to move forward with what God um, opens. So God has opened a door, and we're excited. To t- I'm excited to tell you about it. We uh, just closed last week on a new space for City Hills Kids right here in the complex. We're excited about it. Absolutely. Uh, right. It's, it's actually it's, it's 3,200 it's 3, square feet that we're going to use just for kids. So just for, just for scale's sake, this is 4,000 square feet, our whole facility here. So we're near, nearly doubling our space, and it's going to be an awesome space just for kids. It's, if you walk out the front door right here, it's literally right on the other side of the first-time guest parking. You would just run right into the building if you walked right outside the door. And so that whole space is going to be for kids, and we're going to knock out this wall here and and make more seats here for adults and double the size of our lobby and, uh, and have a great space that's going to be safe, secure, and that the kids are just going to love. They're going to have room to run. So here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like now. That's what it looks like today. Um, but here's, here's kind of what our vision, we're going to have, we're going to use this, a lot of this big space to be able to create a worship environment for kids to be able to have room. Yeah, isn't that awesome? They'll have They'll have secure uh, check-in whenever you walk in the whenever you walk in the door, so no one can get through. I, I want to say this: our 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 kids team here are they're an amazing amazing group of leaders. They're so incredible. Miss Kaylin is our children's pastor. So glad that she's here. This is a big day. We've been talking, praying, believing for this 
uh, for a long time because uh, I've, I've, I'm thankful for what God has done. When I think of how the team loves on kids uh, in the space that we have now, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen as they have room to grow, and we're going to have more room to be able to break the kids down into uh, little age, age groups, a uh, little, little bit smaller age groups, and connect and give more opportunities for that. It's going to be a fun environment. The kids are going to love it, and one of the things that the Lord put on our heart is we had uh, this space opportunity is we wanted to create a space that was uh, just to be able to minister to kids that have special needs um, in the church right here. And uh, I think how many uh, parents in our city don't come to church because they don't know if their special needs child will be able to be ministered to. So over there at City Hills Kids, our prayer is that we'll, we're going to create a space that's going to be uh, for um, a calm room for kids that have special needs so that they can uh, be ministered to. And, and we're so excited about this. So we're, the process is starting, and uh, we're excited to move forward and get more space for our kiddos. So isn't that awesome? Are you excited or what? So cool. I just want to say thank you for all those that have been giving. Um, those that have been giving to Heart for the Kingdom, it goes straight to this project. That's, that's what it does uh, to be able to make more room for the next generation. And uh, if you'd like to get involved in that, you can do that online. You can do that on your uh, giving, giving uh, envelope that you, that's in the back of your seat. You can do it on our kiosk right by the door. Um, you can do it by carrier pigeon. You can do it by whatever you want to, however you want to give. But uh, it, it'll, every, every, if the Lord lays it on your heart uh, to be able to, to, to give toward this, it's, all of it's going to go straight to it. And we're just excited. We want to create a state-of-the-art space for uh, kids and, and, and so that parents can be comfortable with their kids there. And it's just, it's going to be awesome. So I'm so thankful and excited about that. I'm thankful for what God's doing. Yesterday uh, was a huge day for us. We had our second annual serve day. And last year we had one project. That we, that we were part of, and we were thankful to be part of that, and it was a small group of people, and then yesterday there were eight projects, uh, really nine, because one kind of was divided into two, and uh, what God did all over the city was absolutely incredible, and uh, it, the news even came out, and I don't know how they found out about it, but we started getting calls early in the morning, they said, uh, we heard about the car, you know, the, the car clinic, you have, do you have room? And it was awesome. I just, much to the chagrin of our volunteers, I said, yeah, come on, they'll work you in. Don't worry about it, you know. And all the guys are probably really appreciative of me. But we, it was awesome what God did in our uh, city yesterday. And hey, after this video, I want you to give Jesus the greatest hand clap of praise and thank God for what he's doing because it's him. We're just the hands and feet. And it's what God's doing in our city. So hey, check out the recap of Serve Day 17. Awesome is that? How awesome is that? I want to highlight our outreach team. Uh, Miss Christina, could you stand up right there? She made all yesterday possible, organizing all of our teams. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. What an incredible team they did. Um, it was so, so awesome. Um, in, in your worship guide, there's a blue uh, card that just says serve on it. And if yesterday you just got a fire lit inside of you to serve and to be a part of our outreach teams, Man, fill out that information, and Christine and her team in the next few weeks will be getting with you and, um, and, and, and 
letting you know about opportunities we have. And we, we, wanna, we won't want this to, we, we serve every week. We have groups that are serving every single week, and we want to continue to grow that and, and provide opportunities to be able to reach out. And it's amazing the, the difference that it makes in the community. It's crazy. I was getting gas this morning, and that news, it was on the gas pump <laughs> whenever I was getting gas this morning. And uh, it, it's just amazing what happens whenever the church leaves the building. Hey, why don't you give a hand one more time for Serve Day 17. That was awesome. <laughs> I want to talk, just piggyback off of that and, and talk to you today on, on this subject. I decided to make a difference. I decided to make a difference. In this series, we've been talking about how the, the decisions we make today determine the stories we'll tell tomorrow. And I know all of us want to tell stories of making a difference in the lives of people. Uh, there's just a desire on the inside of us that we, we, are, we were created to make a difference. And hopefully today I want, to, I want to just fire you up and encourage you about that because that's exactly what Jesus did. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Now you can look at it with me on your message notes or on the screen. Just follow along today. But it says, uh, you are the world's light. A city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. So don't hide your light, but let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see, so that they will praise your heavenly Father. I want to talk today about one of the core values that we have here as a church. Maybe you're new and you're kind of wondering what this church is all about and maybe seeing if God's calling you to be a part of this church. Hopefully today I'll shine a light about a little bit about what we are very passionate about. And here, here's what it is. It's the first part of your notes. It's simply this, that we believe that the church does not exist for us. That church is not just about checking off our religious box on Sunday and having a church experience that's for us. It's not a consumer experience. But, but here's the second part. The church does not exist for us. We believe that we are the church and we exist for the world. That we're a church on mission and we want to make a difference in the lives of people. This is a concept that God, uh, that God shows us all throughout the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. He's trying to fire us up about the potential that we have in our lives to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Isaiah wrote this in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Sounds a lot like what Jesus said, right? You're the light of the world. Isaiah said, arise and shine. Get up because your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I want to tell you to that. Tell you today that the glory of God is on your life. If you know Jesus, if you've been saved by his grace, the glory of God is risen upon your life. It says, see, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people." We live in a world and a culture that needs Jesus. It's dark. Just turn on the news. See, see the issues and situations that's happening in our culture and around the world. We live in a society that has, some, has darkness in it. But, but we, the Bible says, but the Lord rises upon you and, has a, and appears over you. It says nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. One key word in this passage is the word your the writer is trying to show us that he's talking about us he's not talking to a specific small group of people 
group of special people, just a few. He's, he's casting a large net and saying, hey, this is for everybody. And this is such a foreign idea and concept in, in, in church culture today, especially if you grew up in church or you grew up here in the Bible Belt. You, you probably think there's two types of Christians. This is how I grew up, thinking this exact way. You have the preachers, the man of God, the one who would you know, kind of sit in a different seat, you know, kind of their prayers, you know, matter a little bit more than everybody else's prayers. I don't want you to pray. I want the preacher to pray for me. Um, I, you know, it's, you got got the preacher, you got your man of God, and then you have the people. The, we've even invented words like this, the clergy and the laity. <laughs> clergy uh, literally means this, one who can read. <laughs> so everybody, I can read. I hope you're proud that I read a little bit today. I am from Kentucky, but I've, I can read. I can count to 20 when I take off my shoes. I can't spell, but, but it's okay. And, but back in the day before people were literate, they called the people that could read, and they let them be the preachers, the clergy, and they once a week would come and read the Bible to people and speak, and ever, all the laity just... Laying around, people, why is it called laity? Well, they just lay around, you know. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the laity would listen to the preacher read and tell about God, and then they would, you know, at the door, good, good sermon preacher, good message preacher, good message preacher, and then they would go about their life, and they'd go do the whole thing over again. And, and this idea that there's kind of two separate people. You have the, the people and then you got the preacher. You know, it's a, this special group of people. And, 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 and I just want to say today that there's nothing about me, there's nothing special about me that God doesn't put on you as well. Because we all have a part in the body to play. That, that, that there's not some special line to heaven that I have that you don't have. You don't have to come to me to get to God. <laughs> I was playing golf not too long ago, a couple years ago with a friend of mine down in Florida and storm cloud rolls in and he looks at me. What you going to do, preacher? You going to take care of this storm, you know, <laughs> tell God to take it away, right? And I was like, man, I, that's, I, I'm, in sale, I'm in sales, not in management, you know. I don't do storm. That's way above my pay grade. You know, I, this may be a whole foreign concept to you. But I want to tell you today, I'm not the only minister at City Hills. If I am, this church is in trouble. But the reality is that God wants us together to be the ministry. God wants us together to be the light of the world. And I want to tell you, this, the glory of God is shining on you. And I've always dreamed of being a church that's not built on the ability and the giftings of a few, but rather the callings of the many. That's, that's built on all of us together loving, all of us together serving, all of us together using our gifts, talents, and abilities. Not just everyone showing up once a week to listen to my gifts, talents, and abilities. I pray that God would allow you to see that there's greatness in your life. There's a calling on your life that you can do something great for God. And I just want to just, just fire you up today with, with, with just a statement that hopefully will stick with you that we can walk through the week with. Here's the first part of it, that I am a minister. Could you say that with me? I am a minister. I want to tell you, you're a minister. You, you are a minister. 
You, you, you are, God wants you to be just as much of a reverend, a minister, a preacher as I am. I want to show you to you from the scripture. You may have never seen or thought about this before. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I want to tell you today, congratulations, welcome to the ministry. Congratulations, you're in the ministry. Next time someone asks you what you do for a living, say, I'm in the ministry. Really, I thought you were an accountant. I am, but I'm in the ministry. They, that, yeah, my company may pay me, but, but, but God is my first priority. He's called, I'm a royal priest. Like God has called me to be in the ministry. A lot of times we think, no, no, that's for the people that go to Bible college and they stand on a stage and they, they read. They're the clergy. They read to me and then I just kind of you know, go and I come back and they read again and I go and then come back. No, no, no. We together are the ministry. I love it. I'm a minister of God. Here's the second part of it that with a specific purpose. So I'm a minister with a specific purpose. That you're here for a reason. We all have different abilities. We all have different roles to play in the kingdom of God. That, that your gift may not be my gift and my gift may not be your gift, but that's okay because we, we need it. When it works together, it changes lives. Tell you something about City Hills. We don't recruit volunteers here. We, we don't say, well, you know what? We need we need. Ten volunteers in this area, and how many, you know, going to do this? And, you know, we just have volunteer needs, and you just volunteer. No, no, what we want to be is a church. People ask me this all the time, especially when they're new. What do you need from me? And I'll, I'll say every time, I need you to discover what God's called you to do. Like, that's what I need. Like, I, I, I'm not, we're not looking for a checkbox of, okay, we need this many people, this, this many people, this, this many people, this, this many people, this. No, we need to be a church that's built on the callings that God has put inside of you instead of, the, instead of all the things that, oh, we, we have to staff this and we have to do this. No, 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 no. Here's what we have to do. You have to discover what God's put in you. And I want, and our role and our goal is that you would then go and do everything God's called you to do. And when you do what you can do, and I do what I can do, and John does what he can do, and, 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 and Jimmy does what he can do, and, and, and Joanna does what she can do, and, and Pastor Todd does You did a great job on that video, by the way. I'm glad you were here. And, and he did awesome. And, but when we all work together, and Adam gets on the drums like he did today, and, and Brad's up here on the guitar, and we're all working, what happens? God does mighty things when we work together. I love it. Yesterday was such an example of this. I was, this, this is like the easiest message to prepare because I was so fired up from yesterday because I got thinking. I, I had the heart to start the, 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 the ministry for the single moms and the widows. But you know what? I know nothing about changing oil in cars. Nothing other than it takes oil and a filter. And that's about it. I'd, I would break your car in very quickly. But you know what? God brought Jeff to the church, and I shared my vision with Jeff. And Jeff said, well, I'm a mechanic. I can do that. And he takes what he can do, and I take what I can do. And, and together, we, together, it's so impactful that the news wants to talk about it because what God's doing in our city. And then somebody says, well, you know what? I don't know how to change oil, but you know what? I can give a massage to a single mom. And someone says, you know what? I can give him a free haircut, and I can 
can do this and then I can do that. And what happens? God starts doing mighty things whenever we use our gifts, talents, and abilities together. I love it. You're a minister with a specific purpose. The, um, statistically, uh, 83% of the body of Christ does not know what their spiritual gift is. Could you imagine if 80%, 83% of your natural body didn't know what its job was to do? You have a specific purpose. You have something that God's called you to do. There's something big that God's put on the inside of you, and that, that's the key to fulfillment in your life. I, I, I read this not too long ago about, about Elvis Presley. Um, he sold over 250 million albums, starred in 33 movies, had a billion fans in 1977. Said when he died, there were 300 Elvis impersonators. Today, there's over 85,000 Elvis impersonators. By 2020, everyone in the, in the world will be an Elvis impersonator. In the Reader's Digest article, Priscilla Presley uh, was interviewed after the death. He died after Elvis died from obesity and drug overdose at the age of 42. His wife Priscilla commented on this saying, Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what purpose he had in his life. He thought he was here for a reason. Maybe to preach. Maybe to serve. Maybe to save. Maybe to care for people. That agonizing desire was always with him, and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it. So he'd go on stage so he wouldn't have to think about it. And I got thinking, how many of us go on the stage of life to forget about the calling that God's put in us instead of fulfilling it? Ephesians 2 says this, that we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us to do. That's simply to say this. You're not one in a million. You're one of a kind. God's put unique gifts, talents, abilities, desires, passions, ideas, dreams inside of every single person. What would happen if we lived that dream, that purpose? It would stop being about the gifts of the few, and it would start we being we are the light of the world together. So I'm a minister with a specific purpose. Here's the third thing, at an opportune time. God's put us where we are today, Knoxville, Tennessee, on this day, July the 16th, 2017. God has put us in this, in this city in this time, in this place, for a specific purpose. That, that your job is not your job by accident. Our city is not this city by accident. You're not in this city by accident. But, 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 many, but you're, I want, this is a mental shift I want us to make, that, that my vocation is my ministry location. My vocation 
is my ministry location. Can we say that together? My vocation is my ministry location. I had a man come first service. We had a man come first service today that came because someone here in this room this morning in this service invited them to come to church with him this past week at work. And he, this person said to me whenever we left, he was, he was very moved, very touched from the service this morning. And he said this, and he was speaking about the person that invited him. He said, they are the real deal. He says, they are a minister at work, and they are the same person you see here. That's exactly the way that they treat everybody at work. And he said this, I came here today because I thought if it's good enough for them, then it's, I want to be a part of that too. Man, that's somebody that was, that was willing to use their life where they are as something, as a ministry to them. Somebody this morning, first service, after the service, came to me and said they came last week and came back again this week because someone shared a Facebook post with them of a message from a few years ago, from a few weeks ago from our Mind Monster series. They said we were going on a road trip of 13 hours and we listened to every single message as a family and God did something in our life and we're here today and they came today. Why? Because somebody took what they had, a Facebook post and they shared it and they liked it and what happened? God began to do a work in somebody else's life because of the reality that I'm a minister. With a specific purpose. At an opportune time. And here's the, here's the fourth thing. To make an eternal difference. I want to tell you that we have the opportunity to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. What is, what is this, even this space over here that God's opened up the door for us for our kids? What is that about? That's not about the 3,200 square feet or about the brick and mortar or about the screens that will be on the wall or the lights for the kid. That has nothing to do with all that because you know what? Someday if the Lord tarries, that those screens will go out of date and those lights will fall from the ceiling and the building won't be there anymore. But the, the eternal truth that was put inside the hearts of those little children, that's something that's going to make an eternal difference in the lives of people and we have an opportunity to be a part of it. We can do something mighty. That's what Paul says. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. In other words, is as believers, we have an opportunity to take the foundation that God's given us and we can build anything we want to on it. But if we don't build on the things that are eternal, that time and life will burn it all to the ground. But we have an opportunity through making a difference in people's lives. To do something eternal that changes the world. So let's read this together. I am a minister with a specific purpose at an opportune time to make an eternal difference. Let's read it again. I am a minister with a specific purpose at an opportune time to make an eternal difference. When you walk into your work tomorrow morning, I want you to say, I am a minister with a specific purpose at an opportune time to make an eternal difference. Everything that you do in your life, realize I am a minister with a specific purpose at an opportune time to make an eternal difference in the lives of people that's what I'm fired up about that's what I love I feel like this is this is this is my calling as a pastor not to do all the ministry but to equip the saints to do the ministry that God's put inside of you that's what I get excited about 
I get excited about seeing the potential in people because I just believe that everybody's a 10 somewhere in their life. I, I live by, by that reality. I don't think anybody I meet is junk, whether it's the person that's that, that's at the, the, the gas clerk at the gas station or, or the homeless person that was at Angelic Ministry yesterday. I talked to a 23-year-old uh, um, um, young man yesterday that spent the last six years of his life living in tents because of a family situation. And he's sitting there, and I'm just sitting having a conversation with him. He said, thank you for treating me like a person. Guys, our lives are surrounded by people that just need a little love from God. And they need somebody, a minister, to be able to see some potential in them and to say, you know, you're valuable. You're valuable, not not because of what you've done or what you haven't done, but because you're made by Almighty God and He loves you and He cares about you. He's got a purpose for your life. And no matter what you've done in your past, your past is not final with Jesus. Like He can change your life. That's what it's all about. That's what Ephesians 4 says. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. It's a gift. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. What are they to do, Paul? Like, what, what do you mean? And what, what, what's the gift? The gift is it that they do all the ministry, that, that they're the ones who do it all and do all the spiritual stuff and pray all the prayers. Sometimes people will say to me, and I'm, and, man, I, I don't... I'm honored to pray for people. I'm honored to you know, see people in the hospital and all those things. But you know what? My prayers are no different than your prayers. Someone said, there was some, oh, you gotta, I, gotta, I need you. I need you to pray for them. I need you to pray for them. And, and whenever there's a group of men here gathered around somebody that was dealing with a bad uh, physical situation, you know what? I knew there was another brother in the group that he had came through brain cancer. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to pray. I want you to pray over this because God's delivered you and brought you out of this. And it's you. In other words, it's not about that there's this special group of people that have a special connection to God, but rather we all together have a connection to God. And and our purpose as, as people that are vocational ministers, my purpose is to help you discover yours. It says their, their, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. So here's how we do it. I want to give you a crash course in what, how we find out what the ministry is in our lives. Here's the first thing. To find out my gifts and passions. Our, our purpose as a church is to help people know God find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. So I have an agenda. As a pastor, I have an agenda behind every message I preach, behind everything that we do as a church is very intentional. And the intention is this. I want to help you, and I'll let the cat out of the bag. I want to help you know God. In other words, I want to help you meet Jesus, not religion. I want to have you an encounter with Jesus Christ that changes your life. Then... I want you to help you find freedom. I want you to deal with your yesterdays and get in a community of people you can do life with, you can walk with, talk with, encourage, do, do, do life with in, in the context of relationships that change. And then I want to help you discover the purpose that God has put inside of you. Like, like what makes you tick? Why did God create you? Like, why are you tall? Why are you short? Why, are you, why do you have that you know, charismatic personality? Why are you an introvert? You know, there's a reason behind all of that. And I want to help you discover what that is. We do that through something every month we call Next Steps. We just did our second part of it last week. And you can do that next month and get involved. Because we want to help you discover what it is that God's called you to do. And then lastly, make a difference. 
That's going to help you make a difference in the world. So, so, so our gifts, our passions, our abilities, there's a gift inside of you. That's what Romans 12 verse 6 says. says we all have different gifts according to the grace given us. Watch this. I love this. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, then let him serve. If it's teaching, then let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, then let him do it cheerfully. Do you see what God's saying here? Like, whatever your thing is, whatever the unique ability to get, like, if you're a giver, then God said, do it with everything you got. Like, like realize, man, I'm blessed to distribute and, and find opportunities to be generous. If you're a server, then look for opportunities to serve. Fill out that blue card and let us get you connected in a serve. If you're a leader, then let's lead. If you're a server, then let's serve. If you're an encourager, let's encourage people. Do whatever it is that God's put inside of you for the glory of God. The church... I believe should not look like me. I believe the church should look like us together. It shouldn't look like just one person. It shouldn't look like a bunch of people in their, just in their 30s with, with young kids. It should look, there should be older people in the church. There should be white people in the church and black people in the church and people from other countries that are part of the church. There should be young people in the church. There should be people, you name there should be educated people. There should be uneducated people. There should be people that have went through divorce, people that have been, been through it on the other side. There should be every kind of person because that's what God wants us to be, to make a difference in the lives of people. Some people say, well, this church isn't your grandma's church. I say, why not? I want this church to be your grandma's church. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other. We need the wisdom of the elder. And we need the strength of the younger. And we need it all together to work in what God's called us to be. Because we are incomplete if we don't do it together. Here's the second thing to find out. Your life experience. So your gifts and passions. I want to help you do that. Get signed up today for next steps. Your life experiences. Take whatever you do and do it for God. I like to say this. Don't stop doing what you're doing to do what the church is doing. Just take what you're doing and use it for God. I love what Romans 12.1 says, says. See, here's what I want you to do. I love the message paraphrase of this. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Isn't that good? The ministry God wants us to do together is not some spectacular thing that's so far beyond our reach. It's just taking our work, our sleep, our family, our life, and putting it before Him as an offering and realizing we have an opportunity to use the life experience in us to make a difference. To use what we have to make a difference in the lives of other people. To use what, what we know to help other people. I don't know how to change oil, but thank God Jeff and the group of men who changed oil yesterday did. It took what they could do and they used it for God. We had some ladies that didn't have the physical ability to be able to get out, but they did have the ability to make some cookies that, they, that were given to police officers and firefighters. We had, we had all kinds of different abilities. We had all kinds of different people that took what they had 
and made a difference with it. And that's my prayer as a church, that we wouldn't just be a church that comes together on Sundays to listen to me, but we realize we are the church. And each person in this place has a ministry to fulfill. So my prayer is this. We're just concluding our small group season, our summer small group semester, actually yesterday. We have a short semester that leads up to serve day. And then we're going to take a break as we prepare for 21 days of prayer. Every year in January and August, as a church, we seek God. Because we believe except the Lord, the scripture God gave me when we started this church was, except the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. So unless God builds this place, then we're doing all the labor in vain. So we just carve out 21 days in January and 21 days in August, and we seek God. We meet here at 6 a.m., 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We have live worship. We have someone that speaks and encourages us about prayer. And then we do prayer. We stream it for anyone who who has to be at home with children or or a work schedule doesn't work out. We stream it, and you can pray with us. And then on Saturdays, we pray from 9 to 10. That starts on August the 6th. And we want to prepare us as a church to get ready. That's going to be the only thing we're doing as we prepare for that. And, and, and to, to seek God as a church. And I promise God does incredible things whenever his people seek him. It's going to be awesome. If you've never been a part of something like that, it's, it's an incredible thing. But then in September, we're going to launch into another semester of small groups. And my, my prayer is this, that you would pray and ask the Lord what it is that he would have you to do to make a difference in someone else's life. Maybe you have a gift. Maybe you have a desire. Maybe you have a heart to do something that that will build community and make a difference in people's lives. Why don't, you, why don't you just take what you're doing and do it for God? If you love working out, do something working out, but do it with people where you can share life and share the word and pray for one another. If you love studying the word, man, develop a group that studies. If you're a prayer warrior, you love to pray, do something that pray. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart, take your life and put it before God and use it for him. And, and, and if you're taking notes, write down the dates, August 20th and 24th. We're going to be having small group leader training. We're, we're, we're offering two dates so that which, whichever works best for your schedule, that you can be a part of that. And we would love everybody to come and, 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 and that, that has a heart and a desire to do something for God. We, want to, we, want, we, we understand this, that the church is not an event that takes place on Sunday morning. But the church is what happens outside of these walls to make a difference. I knew there was something special yesterday when the first lady that was getting her car taken care of, the first single mom that was getting her car taken care of yesterday, I started talking to her, and, 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 and she just said, you don't know the difference that I'm going through a, a situation right now, and you don't know the difference that $40 makes in my life to be able to t- get this taken care of. And, and uh, she said, you know what, I'd love to come to your church. She said, my kids come here. They love it. She said, I would love to be able to come to your church. She said, but I work a lot on Sunday mornings, and I don't have the time to come. And, and you know, and, and, and me, I'm thinking, oh, man. Oh, man, that, 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 you know, that's a bummer. We'd love for you to come. And, and with, with, without fail, uh, Madeline, which was leading our, uh, our, they were pampering single moms out here. Madeline uh, comes up to her and, and Madeline uh, said to her, you know what? Well, I have a small group that meets in my house that we meet throughout the weeks and throughout the week and you fit right in and you belong. We'd love to have you come. And you know what? It was so awesome. I didn't even think of it. Like it was, like she was, she was, she was there. Why? Because she understands that the church is not something we do on Sundays, but we are the church. And this is a community of believers that that doesn't just take place in these four walls, but we have an opportunity to make a difference all the time in the lives of people. Here's the third thing that we can make a difference with, that we can find out our purpose is, number three, our pain. My pain. 
my pain. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. In other words, God brings us comfort so that we can use that comfort to comfort others. So one of the greatest ways that you can find out what your purpose in ministry is, is your pain. It's no wonder to me, I was a youth pastor for 12 years before moving here to plant this church. I come from a broken home. And it's no wonder to me when I look back at it that most of the kids that I ministered to for 12 years came from broken homes. That my pain qualified me to speak into the lives of other people that were going through the same pain. And I want to tell you, your pain does not disqualify you from being used by God. Your pain actually qualifies you to be used by God and to do great things for Him. So don't give up. Don't be afraid. You say, well, I'm, I'm divorced. God couldn't use me. I want to tell you, and that's a, God wants to use you. You know, there, there are people going through divorce. They don't want to hear about it from me. They want to talk to you. There are people that are going through all different situations in their life. Your pain qualifies you to be used by God in a mighty way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Musicians, I want to give you an opportunity to come. And I pray, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity just to worship you in this place. Lord, would you use us to do mighty things in our city? Lord, let this serve day not just be something that passes. God, but break our heart for what breaks your heart. And let us make a decision to make a difference, to realize we have a part to play. That we have a, we're, we're a kingdom of priests. I pray that you would help us to rise up and do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need Jesus, like you need to give your life to him. I don't want one service to go by without you having an opportunity to say, I need you. Just like a little child would go up to their father or mother and say, help, I need you. I want to give you an opportunity to declare your need for God and to let him embrace you and change your life. That's you today. Nobody's looking around. Why don't you just lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. I need a fresh start today. I need to give my life to the Lord today. Today's been a God. This has been a God moment for me. I need him. I want to pray with you. If that's you all over the house. Why don't we pray together as a family? Say, Jesus, I need you. I love you. Thank you for saving me. Give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, use my life. Fill me with your spirit. Change me from the inside out. I need you, Lord. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.